Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Goldie on Ice podcast. I am Steve Goldstein, play-by-play television announcer for the Florida Panthers. We talk everything Panthers and NHL here on the podcast. The podcast would not be possible without our sponsors, so we do want to thank them and advise you as you listen to this podcast to not only spread the word, download, subscribe to your friends, uh, but also take a few moments to listen to our sponsor's message. Ken Morris and the Morris Southeast Real Estate Group, Orion of ONA Job Site Solutions, the Sides Foundation, Dave Lister runs it, and it's the fight against pediatric cancer, and BNT Windows. They do a great job with impact windows, so get in touch with Tom and the guys at BNT Windows. Well, the Stanley Cup playoffs continue. First of all, uh, I think it's gone better than probably anybody could have imagined. Uh, COVID-19, the coronavirus, really isn't even a thought now when, as a fan, um, you're watching the games because there's been no positive tests for so long. Uh, There really weren't very many positive tests even before teams officially went to training camp. Uh, The hockey players, obviously, and team staff did what they were supposed to do and were safe. Um, But now I think everybody's just gone foregone conclusion that, None of these players or NHL people or team staff are going to test positive at this point. And you really believe it now because these guys are smelling it. You know, Um, teams that played the qualifying needed 19 wins in order to win the Stanley Cup. Um, So you take a team like the Islanders, they've, uh, they've cut a decent chunk out of that. They're down to a dozen. And that leads us to, um, You know, one of the topics here on this podcast of how does the Islanders' domination over Washington, uh, the fact that when they have their full team, and they did early in the season when they went on their 17-game point streak and were a top-five team in the NHL, how much does that change the Panthers' loss? Um or does it in your mind? I think it's an intriguing question because, you know, let's be honest, when that series ended, every, all of us, um, you know, were bitterly disappointed. The Panthers were, seemed like out grinded, out, if you want to call it, who wants it more. It seemed that way. And again, we're all watching on TV. Um, but now that you watch the way the Islanders play with their full team and you go back to when they did have their full team in the regular part of the season, and then you look at the way they played against Washington, does that change the opinion of the way the Panthers played against that team? It is obviously a very frustrating team to play against, um, not easy to play against them. And, you know, the Islanders really have no weakness on their team. They have got a lineup and they've got a system where everybody plays the same way and they're comfortable using everybody in every situation. Um, and that's pretty rare. You know, you, you don't look at a matchup and say, well, against their third line or against their, you know, second D pair, we can exploit some things because they're kind of all the same in, in a lot of ways and because they're willing to play that way. So I was thinking that as that series ended, um, I did think Washington had a chance to come back, but Boy, the Islanders were impressive in Game 5. Never even gave them a sniff. Same way they clinched last year in sweeping Pittsburgh in the first round. 
and the same way they finished up the Panthers in that fourth game. Um, you know, they get a lead and they just don't give you anything. So it'll be interesting. I don't think it'll change the way the Panthers evaluate their team internally. And that, of course, being Joel Quenville. Um, and which leads us to our other big topic, who will the next general manager be of the Florida Panthers? And besides the NHL roster and the immediate, what does that person do um, in the bigger picture? And by that, I'm talking about the way they evaluate players, what you look for when you draft players, what you look for when you sign undrafted players, what you want your AHL team to look like. Um, does the new GM have, you know, a lot of people often come to teams and they've got people that they, they were with before. Um, does that eventually happen? And we know the way it is in, you know, sports is no different than any other business. Um, when someone new, you know, takes something over, uh, they want a comfort level and a, and a trust level with the people they work with. Um, personally, I think the Panthers have a lot of good people, um, you know, there. Um, but depending on who the new GM is, uh, eventually you don't know who that new general manager has known, has worked with over the years. And maybe the philosophies line up. Um, it's going to be really interesting. And I will tell you this right off the top. I know nothing more than any, any of you um, about the search. I only go by what I hear and I try to talk to media people that I know. That would be the one difference. Um, and both publicly reported and what I know of from other people, no one with the Panthers, obviously, is that it will be a long and it will be a wide search. It's just not going to be, let's talk to a couple of people, get someone in here and done. Um, and get a lot of perspectives. I believe one of the most important things, and I'm assuming the Panthers are doing this, um, one of the most important things when you're hiring somebody new for your team, and I know this from all sports, just being around you know, in the sports broadcasting field for more than 30 years now, um, you find out a lot about what other people think about your team when you go through interviewing processes. And that goes for the president of a team, a general manager, um, a coach, a head scout, whatever you're looking for. Because remember, when you're interviewing all these people, I mean, one's going to get the job, but that doesn't mean everybody else is bad at what they do or doesn't have a valued opinion or isn't smart. So I always have been told that one of the most intriguing parts of a search, um, and this probably goes for any business, um, is finding out what people think about your business. And in this case, what they think about your roster, what they think about your team. You know, I found it interesting. I went back and looked at a lot of notes and, you know, things that I keep. And, you know, Bob Bugner, when he was hired by the Panthers, um, came in with binders of what he liked and what he didn't like and how players could be utilized better on this team and all these different things that Bob Bugner brought to the table. And that's part of the reason he got the job. He was extremely prepared. Um, and I think that stuff is important. So how many of these general managers 
potential ones are coming with, hey, here's what I think about your scouting, and here's what I think about your AHL team, and here's what I think about your prospects, and here's what I've got on your NHL team, and here's where I can, I think it could be better. And just because you don't hire that particular person, um, there's a lot of information flowing. So obviously I don't know exactly how that is working, um, but that's always part of the process. And the fact that the Panthers are taking their time, number one, and are, it appears, a very wide search. Um, basically, it seems to me that anybody that is qualified by NHL circles, and, you know, every team, there's no secrets on this stuff, who's the next wave of general manager possibilities? It seems like they're talking to. And, you know, when the names come out, like Scott Mellenby and Chris Drury, who are, you know, fairly, I'm going to say recently retired, but, you know, Mellenby's still a pretty young guy, and so is Drury, but they've been assistants. Um, they've helped run AHL teams. Um, they've, they've got an eye on probably college free agents. Uh, those guys do a little bit of everything. It was like Tom Fitzgerald getting the job in New Jersey, and I'm very happy Tommy Fitz got the job. I think he's going to be a great general manager. He's got that right attitude, and, you know, knowing Tom a little bit from the time, obviously, he was with the Panthers and seeing him over the years, um, a few years ago talking to him, you know, he told me some of the things that he was doing for their AHL team, you know, amazing, the, the minutiae. Um, you wouldn't think, you know, an assistant general manager – you know, maybe deals with things like, you know, budgets on equipment and things like that. Um, so I think the guys that have been assistants recently, um, probably a little bit different than guys that are assistants maybe from a long time ago and already are or have been general managers simply because um, the world has changed now and you need to know everything. Um, and it's no different than Eric Joyce with the Panthers, obviously assistant GM for the team, but every single thing that goes on in the AHL, I mean, I, I've talked to him. He's, you know, an American hockey league, if you want to call it, you know, expert at personnel of who's on what team and how different teams operate. And I just think all that stuff is really important. So uh, I think it's a very healthy situation of getting all the input. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't say, Hey, I will tell you this 10 years, Dale Talon with the Panthers. Um, goes without saying the effort, obviously on Dale's part was there. Um, but I will tell you this from a personal note, not just me, um, but we've got a crew, you know, I'm only a small part of bringing the games to you on television and that crew over the years, obviously like anything else changes over times. Dale Talon always treated everybody. Um, you know, remember we're flying with the team. We're on the plane, we're in the hotels, everybody with respect, uh, there was never a situation where, oh, this guy is a, you know, not as important as a player. That just didn't go on. So, and I always appreciated that about Dale. Um, I obviously knew him and know him fairly well. Um, but, you know, some of our crew guys, you know, maybe you get a guy doing, you know, a certain job on the, on the television crew that only comes on six or seven, you know, road games a year. Dale Talon treated him the same way we treat, you know, Roberto Luongo as his goalie. Um, or in his front office. So I do think uh, there's some, you know, big decisions to make now. That core has shrunk, if you will. And if you look at the Panthers up front, uh, the deck is pretty clear. Um, the, you know, the, the, the franchise, the new GM, and whoever else is in that decision-making process, 
they could remake the forwards pretty quickly if they want to. Um, defense, going to be more difficult. You have a number of guys under contract uh, overall as a team, and I'm not saying it's all the defense, but overall as a team and defensively, they just got to be better. I mean, goes without saying. The numbers are the numbers. You know, there's a reason, and you know, sports are, are beautiful, I think, because while, sure, some of it is in the eye of the beholder, um, they keep score, <laughs> you know, and the numbers are the numbers sometimes, and the Panthers have to do a better job defensively, you know, and however you break that down, um, to me, it's certainly not all the goaltender. I know some years ago, a lot of people thought that. That is proving to not be the fact. Um, I don't think it's all the defense. Um, so, you know, overall as a team, I think they need to embrace, as Joel Quenville has said, you know, simple is okay. Sometimes just get it, protect it, chip it, dump it. That's okay. You know, there's whole hockey sayings, a ton of them. Um, you know, most shifts, okay? And I remember one day at Joe Lewis Arena when I was first getting rolling and all this, um, you know, on TV, Mike Babcock was talking, you know, and just try to be a sponge at a morning skate. And most, he said, most shifts, nothing's going to happen. You're not going to make a play. You're not going to score most of the time. Remember, you're talking about 30, 40 seconds on the ice. You might be stuck in your own zone the whole time. Um, and Joel Quenville has brought this stuff up too. Um, you got to be comfortable with that. You know, you got to be comfortable. If you're stuck in your own zone, sort it out. Keep them on the outside. Be comfortable with it. And you see the Islanders a lot. That's the way they play. Um, and I just use them as an example because they're the most recent example. So uh, I think there's a lot of intriguing things going on. Uh, and like everybody else, like all of you, I'll be very curious to see how it all develops over the next, um, you know, six weeks, eight weeks or so. So be safe, be smart, mask up. Uh, sad to say, but stay away from people. And uh, certainly I hope everybody's healthy. Appreciate your support here on the podcast. Uh, we'll get a word from our sponsors. If, if you will, please uh, listen in, spread the word about the podcast. Uh, you know where to subscribe, anywhere you find podcasts. If you have the time to leave a, uh, a review, please do. You're entitled to your opinion. If it's not a great review, I mean, I'd rather you didn't leave it, but <laughs> go ahead and do it. But if it's a good review, uh, we certainly appreciate it. It helps out. We'll talk to you next time. Time to tell you about Ken Morris and Morris Southeast Group. We appreciate Ken being a supporter of the podcast right from the beginning. Now, for all you folks out there, if you own commercial real estate, if you're looking to lease or purchase, call Ken. He represents buyers, sellers, landlords, and tenants. 954-240-4400. That's 954-240-4400 for Ken Morris. He's a class guy, a straight shooter, qualified and knowledgeable. He's the type of guy you want to do business with. And he's a South Florida guy with a great reputation. Again, it's Ken Morris and his group, which does an outstanding real estate job. 954-240-4400. Time to take a moment out to tell you about something very important, the fight against pediatric cancer. And we're doing that through SIDES, the SIDES Foundation. Sydney Lister at age 15 battled Ewing sarcoma and she beat it and she's doing great today. Out of that struggle came SIDES, a foundation formed to fight pediatric cancer, to help fund children's cancer research and help South Florida families with kids fighting the disease. Dave Lister is Sid's dad. He's in charge of SIDS and does so much for those families. So 
I encourage you to help out. Check out Sides on Facebook, their Facebook page, S-I-D-E-S. Uh, everything is on there. Or you can also call this important number, 954-594-5763. That's 954-594-5763. Help us, help Dave Lister, and help everybody fight pediatric cancer and help out families that need it through the Sides Foundation. Orient and Associates Management Group is a prime subcontractor out of Hollywood, Florida. So all of you prime contractors out there, he provides any construction services needed. Call Orient and ONA today at 954-922-8660. Online, it's onamanagementgroup.com. They also handle hauling. If you have demolition waste, non-hazardous material, they handle your trucking needs. More than 25 years of experience, you can trust their professionalism. Again, it's 954-992-8660 for Orion and ONA Management.